0: It's a Native American story where the grandfather is talking to the grandson and he said, we have two wolves inside of us. Mm -hmm. One is the good wolf. One is the evil wolf. It could just be, like I said, the internal struggle that we have. And the grandson said, well, how do you know which one's going to get bigger? And he said, the one that you feed. I teach this to people, too, in therapy about what you're paying attention to in your life grows.
1: Interesting side note to that Indian Mm -hmm. parable. The wolf inside of me, wolf blitzer. And his (laughs) appetite is insatiable. (laughs) Get back on CNN! Here comes episode 75 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly, a professional mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime patient, and I stumbled upon this article, and in some ways, Courtney, it brought me relief and sadness. <laughs> it says, <laughs> pessimism prevails? Study casts doubt on theory that people are naturally optimistic. Now, since I am hardwired to be a pessimist, I thought, well, good, I'm not alone, mm-hmm. but by the same token, I feel almost sad for people who may not be as optimistic as they originally thought they were. Right.
0: Well, I think this goes back to some of the things we talk about, about negativity bias and how our brains are wired to look for threats and to try to figure out problems. And so it can be pessimistic in the way of it's always looking for issues so that it can solve them so we can have- And all too often finding them. Right. Well, here's the thing too, the more you do that and the more you're looking for things, the more you're going to find them as Mm -hmm. well. So it's something that You can kind of play into it more. And some people are more predisposed to that anyway from their environment. Genetically, a lot of times they talk about this. And also, if they've had a lot of negative things happen to them, they're a lot more sensitive to something else coming down the road. So they're constantly looking, especially people who have been through trauma. I think their brains are naturally going to be looking for the issues because they want to protect themselves. So that could be another thing at
1: play. The latter has been my challenge, and especially recently. And you and I always discuss how when we were younger, things were a lot more black and white. Mm -hmm. Now we try to find the middle lane. We try to find the gray. When I was younger, it was my take that pessimism is reality. And optimism is denial of Mm -hmm. reality and trying to cover up for it. I did a lot of work to try to overcome that. And I eventually reached a place where I said, look, life is all about peaks and valleys. Sometimes awesome things are going to happen, but that's not going to last. And then something terrible is going to happen. But you have to tell yourself eventually you will come out of that valley and another peak will come. And this is what I told my wife when we first got married, because we were having the best year ever. I'll never forget it. It was 2013. Everything was going right. My nephew was born. We got married. The Red Sox won the World Series unexpectedly. (laughs) I think that might've been the year that we won the CMA for the radio station as best large market station of the year, Mm -hmm. probably got nominated for the morning show. Everything was coming up roses. But I said to her at the time, but a valley will follow. When it does, don't panic because we will eventually get out of it. Mm -hmm. It was as if I was taunting the universe. And ever (laughs) since then, and she, a natural optimist, Will, back me up. Mm -hmm. We have had a stretch of nine years of virtually nothing but terrible things happen to Mm -hmm. us. Unexpected deaths, family turmoil, career frustrations, job losses, health issues. I had a stroke, you name it. Just one thing after another, after another, after another. And now I find myself starting to come out of the gray a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking myself is peaks and valleys, is that a young man's game? And as you get older, does life just get more complicated and suddenly all of the great things that used to happen to you to pull yourself out, is that something that's not going to happen as much? Maybe I'm getting discriminated more from a career perspective, maybe in the cancel culture because I'm an old white guy, I'm somebody who's not entitled to a lot of these things. I see relatives getting unhealthy and dying because I'm getting older and this is just the way it's going to go. These are the things that I'm starting to worry about and I find myself having to catch myself because as you said, Courtney, these bad things just keep happening over and over and over again. And it's not as if I'm not trying. You know personally, because Mm -hmm. we're very close, that from a career perspective, I have made multiple attempts to pull myself out of this. Mm -hmm. And every single one, everyone, just keeps blowing up in my face to the point where I'm starting to ask myself, why am I trying? Because Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is expending all of this energy only to be frustrated. And then that's making this whole issue worse. It's making me more miserable. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you have been through a tremendous amount, and also the way that you look at things, I think you have said that over your lifetime, you've battled kind of looking at things in certain ways because you've had issues with depression, and so sometimes you would look at things in a more negative way. But let me ask you this. When you did have that positive stretch, did you feel more positive? Were you feeling more optimistic about things? I was
1: euphoric. I Mm -hmm. mean, when we were getting married and all of those great things were happening, Mm -hmm. but in the back of my mind, there was that voice that served as the warning, as the harbinger of things to come. That's why I said it to my wife. I said, look, for as great as things are right now, she had just started a new career in nonprofits. She had come out of being a paralegal and she loved what she was doing. Mm -hmm. But even all of that has been fraught with issues over the last several years. So while I will say, yes, I was a much happier person and there have been times when I was younger, when things were black and white, maybe I didn't enjoy the good things enough, Mm -hmm. but I had reached a point where I I was starting to appreciate those things. And now that I can't get them, no matter how hard I try, my psyche has taken a beating. Yeah.
0: Well, it is very difficult. The thing is, sometimes we look at it like, okay, I'll be happy when certain things happen, but when other things happen, I'm going to be sad. And that can be an external locus of control. So what we try to do in therapy is help people with an internal locus of control saying, okay, what can I do to just be happy in this moment? Like find mindful, peaceful things. Like you had said, with your wife you would go for walks or spend more time together, finding some happiness in the simple things, because if other things aren't going well, but you don't have a lot of control over it, that can be really, really frustrating. And especially someone who is prone to having some low moods or depression, or like you said, pessimism, it can just feed into that. So I think that's where the optimism comes in. For me, trying to help people with that balance, I'm generally more of an optimistic person, I would say than a pessimistic person. But it's not all about just kind of painting everything rosy, but it's about finding the things in there that you can hold on to, that can bring you some joy in the moment. Sometimes we have to really dig, like we really <laughs> have to dig. But that's part of the important thing about optimism. I try to keep it balanced and be realistic, but it's also about finding the thing, the joy in the simple thing. Like you'll laugh at me, but it's a big deal. I don't care how many years you're on the radio. You can be yanked off at any time. <laughs> like that's the reality of radio. So to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to talk on a microphone phone, to people, only to listen to me, to me, that's amazing. And once I start feeling complacent about that, I have to say, wait a minute, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. So many people would be like, what are you crazy? This is amazing. I would love to be on the radio. So those kind of things, even though it's an everyday thing, even though it becomes a grind of like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this. I got to work with Brian. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, she's not. No, I am honored to work with Brian and he's a genius and he teaches me something every day. But again, that's the thing of looking for those things rather than just painting it all negative or just painting it all positive, really looking for those things to be grateful for. And I think that's when you can kind of shift and help yourself to find more of a balance. Sometimes when people are quote unquote too optimistic, they're not problem solving. They might be saying, oh, well, there's a thing coming up, but it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And I think in that way, that probably annoys you because you're like, no, there could be lots of problems with an event coming up, maybe public speaking or somebody. And somebody just said, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just get up there and everything will be fine. Well, in that way, sometimes pessimism can be very helpful because it makes you Prepare. It makes you go, oh, well, I could trip, I could fall, I could not know what I'm talking about, so I need to prepare, I need to practice. So in that way, and they call it defensive pessimism, that can be very helpful because it can help you to be more prepared for something rather than just painting it in an optimistic way and not preparing.
1: Some of what you present we have covered in the past, and that would be toxic negativity and mm-hmm. toxic positivity. As with all things, there is a line. Right. I think the thing that bothers me the most, and I have run into this with people, you've got to stop being so negative, or I hear this one, I can't handle negative people, so you need to knock it off, mm-hmm. where it's just essentially somebody saying, don't be you. <laughs> and Man. Look, I struggle with the pessimism sometimes and the negativity, and I try to catch myself, but I'm not always going to. But to get berated for it is not necessarily helping the situation either. Never will I tell somebody, stop being so positive, even though sometimes it does drive me absolutely right. crazy. Right. And when you speak to the whole thing of, I could sit here and say, oh my God, I've been been behind a microphone for 30 years. I've done all of these great things. I think part of the problem is a lot of the things that I used to love about what I'm doing aren't here anymore. Mm. And I've always said to myself, when it stops becoming fun, I'm going to stop doing it. And in a lot of ways, Courtney, it's not really all that fun for me anymore. Mm. The problem is, as I've explored other options, I'm discovering there are none. And that's where the hopelessness comes in. Now, I can go take a walk for 10 minutes, and that's fine. That'll make me forget about it for the 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, when you wake up every day, and you're heading into a place where you don't want to go, and when you start thinking, I think the only thing that's going to make me happy right now is retirement. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't want to hear this from (laughs) me. And that's not to say that I despise what I do. I can still find joy in certain areas of it. But there's a lot of other ancillary stuff that is making it Very, very difficult. It also doesn't pay as well as it used to. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that, even though you're digging for optimism, you can't take the realities away. Some of the overwhelming ones that really pound you into the ground. Look, there's nothing I can do that's going to bring my mom back. There's nothing I can do if I'm having financial struggles or if my wife is struggling with a new job or if my kid is having a problem with the pandemic and he's been isolated and he can't seem to get out of his own way. And I think that's the constant that really starts to overwhelm me at Mm -hmm. times. And I mentioned when I was going through my depression, how a therapist said to me, and it was true, you're out in the middle of the ocean and you're struggling to stay above water. You get hit by a wave, you get shoved down, you swim back up. And no sooner do you take that breath that you get hit by another wave. And that's where I am in life right now, but I've never been in it for nine years. And now Mm -hmm. that I'm approaching the decade mark, Mm -hmm. I'm really starting to freak out about it. And especially too, when I look at people who are older than me. I look at my own dad right now who lost his soulmate and is in so much pain and just spends so much time by himself and has had to give up the house that he loved. And for fun at this point, the way he's digging for optimism just to escape it, he goes and he sits in a McDonald's parking lot every day for three hours a day. And I try to do as much as I can to try to keep him engaged and active. But I see him withdrawing in some ways. He doesn't really want to be friends with anybody at the assisted living facility. If old friends want to do something, that's great. But the problem is a lot of people tend to forget about the older people in their lives. And I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes I'm so busy, I wish I had time to see my dad, but I don't have any time. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had more time to do a fun thing with my wife, but I don't have any time. Sometimes we can be our own worst enemy when it comes to that, but not always. Right. Well, the thing is, you're bringing up a lot of sad points today, Brian. (laughs) Thank you so much. Hey, Uh, this is the mind of a pest though, and it's not as if this isn't something you haven't dealt with many times. Of course,
0: of course. And the thing is, too, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this because, like you said, as you get older and you want to change careers and there's less opportunity and there's all these things that are reality. But my thing is also, I mean, this could be a time for you to get back into therapy and revisit some of the things and some of these themes because you don't want to get into that place where you have that deep depression. If you're starting to see some of these signs of like kind of that helplessness and being like, where am I going with all of this? And there's so many sad things. Life is painful. There's a lot of pain in life. There's also a lot of joy to try to access. And like you said, it is fleeting. But some of the things that the other things that we go through too, your moods can change. And maybe it is about making a commitment to stopping some certain behaviors that aren't serving you so that you can do other things to bring more joy into your life. Like you said, maybe being able to spend more time with your wife and with your father. And I know your dad so much looks forward to talking to you every day and that you make all the time that you can to go and see him and bring him out and that kind of thing. So he gets a lot of joy from that too, even though he's dealing with a lot with a loss and everything and just the loss of like his identity with like work and all of that too. But he does get a lot of joy that you guys have really deepened your relationship. And that's something to be really grateful for. My thing is, I just encourage people, if you're going to sit and think about all the things that aren't going right, we really need to make an effort to sit and perseverate about the things that are going right. Because, there's so many other things that could go wrong, right? It's funny. I've learned so much from like self-help books and videos and going to school and all this stuff and life experience. But my husband, Mike, he's pretty straightforward and he's a contractor and he's from South County and he just speaks it like it is. And he's so funny. But sometimes the things that come out of his mouth, I'm just like, wow, you didn't have to go to school to learn all that. But he's really, really smart about all these things in life. And he'll say to me, yeah, we can sit around all day and think of all the things that are going wrong. That's not hard. Like, I mean, there's a million things we could sit here and think of. He goes trick is, though, is to think about what is going right. And what you're grateful for is basically what he's saying. And so I've always taken that into my mind of him saying, there's certain goals that you want. What are you working harder for? I remember when I said, I'm going to New York, I'm going to be a famous actress, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And he goes, well, you've got your goal to go to New York and be an actor on one side. And you've got working as a waitress and paying your bills and all this, which one's getting more of your attention. And I remember being like, oh, well, (laughs) because I was a big talker, but I wasn't a big doer. And so that really helped me to shift into, okay, well, if I really want something, I'm going to have to make that sacrifice and shift. So I think those are the kind of things we have to think about. And again, it's not about minimizing what people are going through, but we do need to think about what is going right, what has gotten better, where can we deepen some things that can be better. And that is the struggle, especially when you're feeling pessimistic, like you said.
1: A lot of what you said falls under the umbrella of what you mentioned before, defensive pessimism. Mm -hmm. And the good news is in relation to me having to go back to therapy, I've had enough of it that I'm not going over the precipice on any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I approach it and then I can bring myself back. But in this way, Acceptance, Just that I can't do anything about certain things. I don't have to like it, Mm -hmm. and it does make me miserable, but I'm not sitting in a garage with the car running. And the thing that makes me very sad, though, is some of the hopelessness that comes in, but it's not hopelessness to an extent that I'm ruling out any possibility Mm -hmm. of anything good ever happening again. And in relation to appreciating things in my life, I will say to myself, even though I went to bed last night, kind of angry... I was trying to do my bills. We were talking about this on this morning's <laughs> radio show, and I was getting. Which Brian always does his bills on Fridays. I know. So really and I was doing it household. on a Thursday night.
0: Oh, we was trying to get ahead of the game, <laughs> and
1: uh, so I could have a better weekend. There's me making an effort to try to do better, but then my wife wasn't happy because I wasn't paying attention to the show that we were watching. And as I was going over the bills, there were some problems and some issues that she had a hand in, and we started bickering. And finally, I just went upstairs, and she said, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." you're so miserable. And I said, it's not you. She said, well, it is me because you're married to me. And in saying that, I often have to bring myself back and say to myself, can you imagine, Brian, if you were going through all of this right now without her, mm. all alone, without this kind of support system, and this woman who puts up with so much of my crap, and that is I mean, she yelled at you something. a little bit. but <laughs> She did yell at me. But you know what? I'm also old and wise enough yes. to know at no, times I have it coming. I have said today... You two
0: are funny together. You're like a little comedy show. It
1: is a little funny sometimes. It's funny to everybody else, I will say that. are like,
0: how cute they are!
1: Not always my favorite show.
0: Eating our popcorn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's she gonna say to him next? But I even referenced on this morning's radio show that sometimes you yell at me too. And there's constantly people (laughs) who are criticizing what I'm doing. And while a lot of people get defensive, for the most part, I think you can agree that I can laugh it off and nobody can make fun of themselves more than I do. And that's that is, in some way, you want to talk oh, about yeah. defensive pessimism. Mm-hmm. That's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And using humor to try to pull myself yeah, out of absolutely. the darkness and the blackness. And many people with a comedic background, that's where a lot of it comes right. from.
0: That's the thing. Sometimes you just need to be heard, validated, get it out, and then you kind of move on to something else to complain about. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm getting that comedy Can you yell you. that again? <laughs> See, I learned comedy from you. He breaks it down, how to make a joke, all this stuff. Well, it's turning on him now. I'm telling Courtney what concert it's to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. Oh, we're not I giving can, away that secret, <laughs> by the way. I can run this show pretty soon. <laughs> and you are very self-aware about things. And sometimes it's about just giving you that space to be in right. the place that you're at. It is a tough thing sometimes because we're a little different in that way. And mm-hmm. so sometimes like we had this... A little? <laughs> we had this really funny day. I thought it was funny. You thought it was horrendous. But, well, it wasn't funny. Everything shut down. <laughs> we lost the board. All the equipment um, so in the so radio station. Funny. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God. Everything went down. I didn't know what to do. Looking at it now. I'm like, it was kind of funny because I was like, oh, I think we're off air. So we had to go into another studio. And I was very proud of myself because they walked me through kind of like an engineer on how to get things started in the other room so that we could broadcast from another studio. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there saying, wow, we're getting zero for
1: ratings right (laughs) now. You were like not out. And when the next ratings book comes out and we say, hey, the station shut down, they're not going to want to hear it because I've been doing this for 30 years. But I was like, wait a
0: minute, just take the moment in. Like, this will be a funny story. I'm just thinking it's kind of wacky and I get it. It was serious and I should have not been in that place
1: maybe. No, but you know, Courtney, the reality as always lies somewhere in the middle. Right. Sometimes to some degree, kind of like I become very self-deprecating and get criticized for it. Sometimes you just need to laugh it off yeah, because as they like, say, if you so don't, funny. you're going to cry. <laughs> and you're like,
0: this isn't funny. And I'm just like, oh my God. That was, this is our more, This made it even more funny. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. I mean, I just thought I was a brilliant engineer for fixing things. But my point is sometimes in the midst of things, being in the moment and just going with it and things in life are wacky sometimes. And if you don't find the humor and that's the thing, you're so brilliant at finding the humor in all sorts of places. And I think that's what helps kind of relieve some of that pressure that you get from that pessimism that you can also see your brain goes so quickly. It can see all different sides of things and you give relief to people. How many calls do we get about people who are in not a good place, but yet they're like, thank you so much, Brian, you give me such laughs and you relieve me for a little while from the stressors.
1: This is going to be a full circle moment about everything that we're talking about. My frustrations with the job, I'm tired of being tired all the time Mm -hmm. and I'm tired of certain roadblocks that I've been running into, but we did a topic on our radio show earlier this week. If you could relive a first in your life that you loved so much, what would you choose? And we only did it for a little while and we didn't get to one example that I was going to give, but we moved on to something else. And I always try to bring myself back to this. The first time that I got a huge laugh from absolute strangers mm. being in front of them and ultimately when it comes to this job, when we get a call like we did on this morning's radio show where we have somebody that we love who listens all the time and calls in all the time and she went away for a while and we said, God, I hope she's okay and she mm-hmm. called back in and said, I recently lost my son. Mm. There is no worse loss in the world. I've never been through it myself but mm-hmm. I can can only imagine than losing a child. And we've tried to be there for her as much as we can. We talk to her when we're putting her on the radio, and Mm -hmm. we talk to her off the radio. This very morning, she called Mm -hmm. to tell us, after we had a call, thank you for making me laugh. You have no idea how much it means to me and how much it has helped me get through this very difficult time. And every once in a while, it's like, that's the slap in the face that the universe is Mm -hmm. throwing to me. Brian, remember that thought? Had earlier this week Mm -hmm. where you just love making other people laugh and you get such joy out of it and it validates what you're doing. And then you hear something from somebody like her or my wife who works with people who have had horrible diseases and say to her, When I was going through my chemotherapy, the only thing that got me through it was Brian making me laugh. That's when you have to come back and say, All right, this is where I have to shove the pessimism aside and also realize that it's. It's not always all about me. Mm -hmm. And that's another problem that we have. We're not seeing the bigger picture. For example, when I'm storming up to bed last night, miserable and all upset, I'm just thinking about how terrible my life is. And sometimes, Courtney, I literally sit alone in the house and say, I hate my life. I say it out loud. (laughs) I just say, I hate my life. But then when I think about what that does. If my wife hears me say that, or she Mm -hmm. sees me storming up and immediately thinks, well, you're married to me and you're still miserable, so what does that tell me? My mood isn't just affecting me, it's affecting other people. Much like my performance on the radio isn't all about me and how frustrated I am. I'm making somebody else's day, and it's easy to forget about that sometimes, because there are also internet trolls who will tell me otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) You suck! (laughs) You're right! Get off the radio!
0: (laughs) What you're describing is that internal struggle, and I don't know, you've probably heard that little story. It's a Native American story where the grandfather is talking to the grandson and he said, we have two wolves inside of us. Mm -hmm. One is the good wolf, one is the evil wolf. It could just be, like I said, the internal struggle that we have. And the grandson said, well, how do you know which one's going to get bigger? And he said, the one that you feed. So I teach this to people too in therapy about what you're paying attention to in your life grows. So if you pay attention to all of the negative and you're looking for negative and you see all of these things, once again, as my husband would say, it's easy for us to do that. And And our brains, to a certain degree, are wired to do that, to look for the problems and the threats. So if we do that all the time, then yes, that's gonna grow. We're gonna feed that. We're gonna feed that pessimism. But if we look and say, okay, well, things are a challenge right now. It's not about denying that or minimizing that, but it's saying, okay, but where are the things? Like you said, you have Carla there, beautiful, beautiful woman, amazing woman. You have her in your life. All of these things that you do have and this gift that you have, and I know it's hard to remember that on a daily basis, but if you feed that more, it gives you a balance we don't want to invalidate your feelings on one side or the other, but it helps to put us in balance. And I think that's where gratitude comes in, where we can choose that attitude. And I'll say to my clients, what's just the small thing? It could be the cereal you eat in the morning. What are you grateful for? <laughs> Let's start with the smallest thing. And actually the smallest things can bring us a lot of joy. These are the things and these are the ways to try to find a little balance with that, but also giving some props to defensive pessimism, because that can help us if we imagine worst case scenarios, not that we get stuck in them, but if we can imagine, them, Just like I tell my clients, worry once, worry well. Sit down, write a list of the things you're worried about, a few things that you can do about it, follow through on it, and then let it go for a little while because you've done all you can do and just perseverating on it is not going to help. But being too overly optimistic and not looking
1: at things in balance can be problematic too sometimes. Interesting side note to that Indian mm-hmm. parable, the wolf inside of me, wolf blitzer. And his <laughs> appetite is insatiable. <laughs> Get back on CNN! Good job you were holding on to that for Get out of my belly. (laughs) Well, Courtney, (laughs) I think we are the perfect people to present both sides of the argument when it comes to optimism and it comes to pessimism. Mm -hmm. You, the yin to my yang. And I think that's why we work as a team on the radio and hopefully here on the podcast. And as with almost everything, if people want advice on this, (laughs) don't come to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't bother, you Brian. don't want to hear about my river of sewage again. Contact Courtney. How can they do that?
0: Wellness at WCTK.com. You can shoot me an email. Also remember we have resources. Wellness 411. It's our Brand new, new page. Brand new. Yes. Rebranded. Rebranded.
1: Catcountry.com. Yeah, check that out. Check us out on socials at Cat country Mornings. Individual pages. Courtney with a C. Kelly EY Bedard or just Courtney Kelly. I, Brian Mulhern. Brian with an I. Mulhern is H-E-R-N. And also you can check us out on your smart devices for the podcast. Tell people about that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We're out there. We're out there. We've been there for 75 episodes. I think that's a bit of a milestone to be optimistic about. I'm pessimistic about what we're going to talk about next week. I have no idea! I'm freaking out! Tune in next week to find out why I was worrying and if I was right. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian.
0: Thank you. I want to talk about me Love me